Welcome to the New Grad Physio podcast, hosted by Andy Barker, consultant sports physiotherapist, private practice owner, and the founder of the New Grad Physio. Having experienced his own rapid rise from student to dream job as the head of physiotherapy and rehab at the Leeds Rhinos, just 15 months after graduating, Andy knows exactly what it takes to accelerate your skills and fly up the promotion ladder faster than you ever thought possible. Having previously been with the Leeds Rhinos for 10 seasons, Andy now consults with a number of individual elite athletes within professional rugby, international football and professional dance, alongside running his own successful private practice. Andy built the new grad physio to help new grad physios, sports therapists and sport rehabilitators just like you accelerate their own learning and learn the skill sets you need to become a competent, confident and competitive new grad physio. As a new grad, there are specific challenges you will face during those first few years and this podcast will deliver you actionable advice you can use to overcome these challenges and start your own successful new grad journey. Enjoy the show! Hey, it's Andy here and welcome to the New Graph Physio podcast. In this episode, I'm going to talk about three simple ways to stop frustration and get better results with low back pain patients. So once you've identified your patient has a low back pain problem, the job then is to try and fix this problem up. So regardless of maybe of the symptoms that you've picked up, regardless of their diagnosis, so it might be you know, extension related back pain, you might have a loss of range of movement, you might have those overactive uh, lumbar extensors, you might have you know, pain and problem with a certain movement like bending forwards and you know, patients will tell you, you know, leaning forward, tying the shoelaces or put the socks on is, is sore. Alongside the rehab that you will prescribe with your patients, hands-on treatment techniques can be really effective, particularly in those first few sessions and can be a great way to help you reduce a patient's pain so you can actually get them to do the rehab that you want them to do. However, a lot of therapists, and particularly new grads, will often struggle with their hands-on treatment techniques, not necessarily at the start, but what they will find is while some of their treatment techniques, say like massaging the low back, often give quite quick changes to patients' pain and symptoms, quite often these effects are actually quite short-lived. So whilst you might be able to improve range of movement, reduce pain, maybe improve a, a movement like a squat or your patients' you know, everyday activities like putting their socks on, these effects are often very short-lived. And then the patient's back in your clinic a few days later, maybe a week later with their symptoms, pretty much the same as when they started. And then what you find then is you end up treating the same things, you get them better again, they jump off the bed, they feel great. But then these symptoms, again, only stay away for a matter of days, sometimes only sort of a few hours before they actually return again. And I know what this is like because you know, I experienced this firsthand myself when, when I was a new grad working in professional sport. And you know my early days as a, as a physio working in sport were filled with days like this. And when I'd work really hard with a player on the bed, I'd, you know, with low back pain, I'd, I'd do all the massage work and stuff around their low back. But as quickly as they jumped off my bed feeling great, they were actually back on it. And, you know, that'd be the next day, you know, within sport, sometimes it was even the same day. They'd jump in the gym, you know, lift some weights, they'd be out on the field training, and then their symptoms would come back and then be back banging on my door asking for more treatment. And obviously when you're looking after 30 plus players, this is uh, this is pretty tough. Obviously it takes up a lot of time, a lot of your effort. You know, it's not not easy, you know, sometimes doing 
hands-on work, particularly with big rugby players, you know, a lot bigger than me anyway. So, you know, it was pretty tough. And, you know, I always struggled really, particularly as a new guy, to get my head around what was happening. It was only really when I started to to ask a few more questions about what I was doing and, and why exactly they were they were painful in the first place that I started to get some wins, if you like, and, and were able to improve the low back pain in, in both the athletes and also the patients I was seeing in private practice to a much better effect. And I was able to take away their symptoms, but actually get them to stay away. So in this podcast, I am going to show you three of those simple strategies, and these will help you to get better results with your own patients, regardless of where you work with low back pain, to stop their symptoms, you know, coming back, saving you time, effort, and to stop you having to deal with those frustrated patients that feel like they're not getting better, that feel like they're not improving, and are back in your clinic week after week with the same type of low back symptoms. So the first thing actually has nothing to do with the low back. And the first thing I sort of want to talk about is actually the hips. So for every low back pain patient you see, assessing hip range of movement is an absolute must. So you'll always probably remember at university, you were told to always assess the joint above and below an injury. And in the case of the lower back, the hip obviously sits below. So the hips sit below the, the sort of the lumbar spine. So again, if you've got a problem with the lower back, it makes sense, you know, and we've been taught, you know, to, to assess the joints above and below. So in relation to the joints below, the hip, and this is great advice, you know, the, assessing the hips with any patient with lower back pain, and I'm going to explain why. So to do that, I'll give you maybe an example. So maybe you're in clinic, you've got a patient that comes in with low back pain, and they say that they're maybe the main aggravating factor is flexion. So things like putting their socks and shoes on, maybe picking something up on the floor, is something we really commonly see in clinics, in NHS departments, in private practice, and equally in sport. This is a flexion problem. We know that during all those activities I've just mentioned, putting your socks, shoes, picking something off the floor, that the lower back needs to flex. So gone is the notion that you don't flex your back to do these things because you have to flex your back to you know, pick something off the floor or lean forward. You know, This perfect neutral spine position you know, is good when you're deadlifting or squatting in the gym, but it's not what the back does in real life. When you go to pick something off the floor, you don't keep that really sort of erect sort of posture neutral spine like you're squatting something or deadlifting something from the floor you just bend forward and pick it up that is lumbar flexion during that movement the hip will also need to flex you know to, to allow you to say for example bend down to put your socks on so if hip flexion and spinal flexion happen together if hip flexion is limited so if you've got a limitation with the hip being able to move into flexion it is likely that the body will still allow you to you know to reach down to put your socks on however how it's doing that will change so if the hips limited what the body will will often do and this is really common for patients with lower back pain is they'll actually flex more at the lower back because the hip flexion is not doing its job the hip flexion is limited so in short the lower back ends up doing far more work so it's doing the job of both the lower back itself to flex but it's also doing the job for the hip to obviously allow you to flex forward and actually bend down to put your socks on, put your shoes on, pick that thing off the, the floor. So it's no wonder then if it's working overtime and doing the job of both it's, it's for itself 
and also the hip that the lower back might become overworked becomes a bit irritated and unhappy with this extra workload and actually starts to turn painful and obviously cause the symptoms that you probably see in your clinic so in, a, in order to treat this one of the big sort of questions that gets asked and is banded around around low back pain is you know what do we do do, do patients actually need mobility do they need to be able to to move you know better if you like for what for what would be a better word or do they actually need to be more stable and obviously have the you know, core stability or whatever you want to sort of call it to to manage their symptoms and the answer to this is you know do they need mobility or do they need stability do you actually need both hope you are enjoying today's episode so far just wanted to take a break and make sure you haven't missed out on andy's latest free resource five steps to fast track your new grad physio career it will show you five simple steps you need to accelerate your learning and career as a new grad physio. It is packed full of clinical and non-clinical advice, including the missing career skill university didn't teach you that is stopping you getting better job roles, more opportunities and better pay as a new grad physio. It's Andy's most downloaded resource and you can get it completely free just by visiting newgradphysio.com. So, make sure you check it out. Now, let's get back to the podcast. In the previous section I just sort of spoke about, I spoke there about that the lower back needs to be able to move to complete simple tasks like bending forward, putting your socks on, putting your shoes on, picking a weight up in the gym, whatever it may be. It needs to be able to move, it needs mobility, but it also needs to be stable with other activities. So you think about picking up a couple of heavy shopping bags or maybe you're squatting or deadlifting in the sort of gym you want the the back relatively speaking to stay quite still you want it to be stable and you want the joints around the lower back for example with the deadlift the back doesn't move that much you want the hips to the knees to do predominantly most of the work so again in that example we actually want the lower back to be stable we don't actually want it to move you know if we move too much trying to lift a load of weight with say a deadlift we know that can cause problems, disc problems and joint problems and, and muscular problems around the sort of lower back. So it's not quite as simple as giving a patient just mobility or just stability as they will most often need both. You will have to prioritise, you know, one more than likely at, at certain stages of their sort of rehab. And this will depend on the individual and there's no, you know, black and white answer to, to how you sort of do this. And a, a lot of that information, if not all that information, will come from your patient assessments, both the subjective and objective. But generally speaking, what you're likely to do in rehab is actually restore any limitations in mobility first, whether that's the low back, whether that's the hip, or whether that's other, other joints that might be contributing to their problem. And then later on, fix up that sort of stability problem in the low back if that's identified as a problem during your assessments. This is a really simple sort of guess, concept and way of thinking and way of working. But it's an area where I see a lot of new grads go wrong when they've almost been taught that low back pain management is all about stability. You might have seen some you know, evidence and, and diagrams before where it's almost telling you like the ankle's made to be should be mobile, the knee should be stable, and it sort of goes at the body like this, and the low back's always the low back should be stable. But we, as we've identified already, even just in this podcast, it's very clear that the low back also needs to move. If you walk around with a 
super stable low back, then putting your socks and shoes on in the morning is going to be almost impossible because you're not going to be able to let go. You're not going to be able to actually move your low back to be able to do those tasks. So it's not quite as simple as, as just you know, being mobile at one joint, stable at another, and the lower back is is no different. So the problem with this isn't just focusing on stability, you're doing all that core stability type stuff. And therapists, particularly new guys, often forget about lower back pain and ability. So yeah, it's all well and good being stable in certain positions, like squatting heavy weight in the gym, like deadlifting, like picking up some heavy shopping bags. But what happens when you actually need to move your back to put your socks on, put your shoes on? You need both things. You need mobility and you need stability. So, you know, that's that's really important. Another real, I guess, simple sort of technique, again, and strategy for your patient is to get them to move. So it's really well evidenced that regular movement helps patients with low back pain. You think about those patients that you see probably the biggest cohort caseload of patients you see with low back pain are quite often patients, athletes that are putting themselves in repeated prolonged postures for long periods of time. So these are often also the the patients that are probably hardest to treat because they've had symptoms for so long and a lot of their aggravating factors like sitting in a car to a, you know commuting every day to work maybe they've got like a desk job and they're sat in a chair nine to five pretty much all day every day those are things sometimes that aggravate them yet are the things that they have to do day in day out so they can be quite tricky to sort of deal with but allowing the body to actually get out of those positions is a really quick fire way to actually help you dampen down their pain and actually get them back up to, to full function. So the body is not made, it's not built to stay in prolonged postures. That's why it doesn't like it. The body will adapt to certain postures, yes. However, it doesn't like to be sat in a chair all day, stuck in a car, you know, for hours and hours and then. So if you've got patients, you know, at work, long commutes, you know, whatever their job, occupation, sport, changing up positions is a really simple piece of advice that can be real effective. So you might have that patient who has that office job and that might be just educating them to to get out of their chair at regular intervals. They might set an alarm on their phone or their work computer. They might put a post-it note in the the corner of the screen, just telling them to every 30 minutes to get out of your seat, do something. You might even prescribe what I commonly do with patients like this who struggle to actually get out of their desk might work in a call center and they physically can't get up out of their chair to actually do some exercise in the chair so they can continue to work, but they're actually putting their back and other joints in a different position to give them a little bit of respite just to you know open up joints to stretch muscles that you know are going to be almost fighting all day in this same prolonged posture and it's just giving them a little bit of movement it's giving them a little bit of respite like i say into into certain positions with certain movements and this can make a massive massive difference to their patient symptoms because you can prescribe the best rehab plan in the world but if you're only doing maybe your patients you know committing to that and being a really good patient they're committing to that for 10 20 minutes every evening you're trying to undo potentially you know nine ten hours of of a you know a poor position they're sat in maybe all day and it just doesn't really match up you know as good as that rehab program may be if you can make you know little changes to their movement habits being able to get them out of a seat or do even exercises within their seat for example it's going to provide them an opportunity to rehab throughout the day which is going to have a massive massive impact on their symptoms and then if they're able to go home and spend you know 10 20 minutes on your focus or rehab when they have time before work after work whatever that may be then you're going to be in a much better position 
think you'll be much more likely to be able to help your patients with back pain get rid of those symptoms much quicker and get them back doing the things that they want to do. So the key things to, to look for with any patient with low back pain, check the hips first. If there's a problem there, if you identify a problem with the hips, you know, treat this problem as well as the, the low back. Do patients need mobility or stability? They need both. It's likely that you'll fix the mobility issues first, then add that stability component on top. And then finally, get your patients to move, get them up and about, get them moving in positions that you're going to give them some relief, um, but often and you know, offer some you know short-lived relief, but throughout the day, something that they can integrate into their day, whatever they're doing whilst they're at work, whether they're you know traveling or whatever it may be, to help them get back to full fitness sooner rather than later. So thanks for listening to today's sort of podcast. Just before I sort of head off, if you want to learn a little bit more about a simple assessment treatment, you know, and treatment methods for, for any patient with low back pain, then please, please, please just let me know. Reach out to me. So email me, andy at newgraphysio.com with the subject low back, and I'll get right back to you and with some help. So the low back can be a complicated area of the body, but let me show you a, a pretty simple way to assess, treat, and rehab any patient with low back pain. If it's an area you struggle with, we can make this process you know, a much, much simpler process. So you can, you know, don't become overwhelmed. You can get that diagnosis that you're, you're looking for. And then once you've been able to do that, identify the actual problems a patient has and then put together a treatment plan so you know exactly where to start in session one. Thanks for listening to Andy Barker's new Grad Physio podcast. If you've enjoyed this content, you will love his website, newgradphysio.com which is packed full of free content to help you, a new grad physio, sports therapist or sports rehabilitator, overcome the specific challenges you face day to day in your clinical practice, working in the NHS, private practice and sport. Here you can get links to all his other podcast episodes, read all his blogs, find out about his book and his upcoming courses and the new grad physio membership. You can also download Andy's latest free resource, Five Steps to Fast Track Your New Grad Physio Career. It is packed full of clinical and non-clinical advice, including the missing career skill university didn't teach you that is stopping you getting better job roles, more opportunities and better pay as a new grad physio. Get access to all this by visiting www.newgradphysio.com. The New Grad Physio was built to help as many new grads as possible. So if you have enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review and even better, tell someone else about it. Enjoy the rest of your day, whatever you have planned. And here's to the start of your own successful new grad journey.